aggregating a large amount of people to view something at one point is a really powerful, powerful thing because it's really, really, really hard to do getting everybody to watch something at the same time where it used to be relatively easy. Right now, it's really, really hard to do. And whoever is doing that the best, and if you can create products that do that, that's very powerful. All right. You guys ready? Yep. All right. You're listening to the Tomorrow Today podcast with Kyle Kaplanis. Don't FOMO right, out. That's right. the biggest mistake in this space right now, FOMO. And Duke McKenzie. That's just crazy, right? It's like It's insane. like conversations with thought leaders, experts, influencers, culture shapers, discussing all things innovative, groundbreaking creative developments evolving digital markets. The podcast for those who are curious about what is next. Social media, Web3, NFTs, the metaverse, all the things you need to know about to start planning tomorrow's success today. All right, everybody, welcome to Tomorrow Today. You got your host, myself, Duke McKenzie, and my co-host, Kyle Kaplanis. What's going on, everyone? How you doing, Kyle? Doing How well. How have you been? Doing How well. I'm been? doing great. It's been busy. It's been busy. You know what's interesting? I like these podcasts that are sparked by conversations that we're having, right? I find them very insightful. And they actually turn out to be, I love when we have guests because we learn and all that type of stuff. But these podcasts, when we have, when we go back and forth on a couple of things we're talking about, whether it's in the office or whatever it is, are really, I think, really insightful. And we'd be getting a lot of really good feedback on that. So you and I were having a conversation because a couple of our creators were involved about viewership and about the VMAs. What was the inside? What were your thoughts on that? Let's kick that off. Yeah. So the VMAs were on August 28th. And and I always get interested in saying, okay, it's a traditional show that's on traditional network TV. And I'm very curious to pull up statistics and saying how many people were actually viewing that on regular TV nowadays. And I looked it up and there was 3.9 million viewers across 14 networks that it streamed to. And, and to me, that got me interested because... How many social media creators out there are getting 3.9 million views per day easily? And so I wanted to talk about that with you and just seeing like, where is traditional media going and is digital media affected and are we seeing more reach on that side versus traditional television? Dive in and talk about that. That's interesting. Uh, here's the thing, right? What television still is able to do. Television is funny. I've been incorrect. I've been predicting the death of television since I got into online since 1998 when I graduated. I've over-exaggerated. It hasn't been the death of television. The importance of television has diminished somewhat mm -hmm. and it has changed. But what's interesting is that even though the importance of television has diminished, there's less people watching and the audiences are smaller and all of that type of stuff. What is interesting is that it almost makes it more important because television is still one of the few ways where you can aggregate 3.7 million people to watch one thing at one time, mm -hmm. right? Like, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yep. like, I bet you the ratings for the VMAs were higher in the past. Yep. They were, they were higher in the past that we can look up, right? But the thing is, even though with a smaller audience, as the fragmentation in social media keeps on going, as audiences' attention is fragmented everywhere, it's getting harder and harder and harder to aggregate large numbers all at one time. No, exactly. I looked this up, but the VMA's largest viewer year was in 2011, and they had their max, and they still have never come close to this, but it was 12.4 million viewers at one time. In 2011, it's interesting to see. Sorry, how many viewers? How many viewers? So 12.4 million. 
12.4. So they peaked about mm-hmm. right a little 11 years ago at 12.4 million. And this one was 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 how many? This one was 3.9, which is a huge increase because in 2021, which is very mm-hmm. interesting, you would think that this would be one of the top ones because it was during pandemic 2021. And it actually had the lowest rating of all times at only 900,000 viewers. Interesting. That is fascinating. That is fascinating. But what I did read is that the VMAs had the biggest social media buzz of all time with 38 million interactions beating out the Super Bowl that year in top interactions. Oh, really? eh? Yeah. That was very interesting to me is that it had its lower viewers on the traditional side, but on the digital side had the biggest impact of the internet of that year. So, you know, what's interesting is that like these events, even though the TV viewership is lower, that's what I mean by I've been wrong with predicting the death of television for a very long time, even though less people are watching on like watching it live, which again, TV is still able to aggregate large numbers, even though it's decreased large numbers of live audiences, the VMAs. The question is, when you see that social activity, is it culture? It seems like it's extremely culturally relevant, right? Like they're able to have cultural relevancy. And this is where I go back and forth because we have been talking about, as you know, I am very bullish on digital creators, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so are you, right? I believe yep. that digital creators, most entertainment products, all consumer facing products, all of that type of stuff will be influenced by creators as we move and expand into the world, right? And the interesting thing with that belief is that the, the only challenge with creators, especially as they're getting new, is they're very relevant to the audience that they reach, but they have a harder time breaking through to be culturally relevant, where yeah. you have things like the VMAs, you have live sports, you have certain live events that are aired on television that have been able to break through and create cultural relevancy that, that keep them extremely important. No, mm-hmm. for sure. It is interesting to see some of these traditional stars as well, because of their history of having these bigger communities that are able to drive traditional television, whereas I believe digital media creators have not, like you mentioned, they're just not there yet. They're going to be, though. That's the thing is that we're seeing an uptake every single year in the media, the marketing budgets and in influencer marketing increase every single year. And I think it's because there's a direct correlation here between the viewers of these traditional programs declining and the digital media reach increasing. I think we're still going to continuously see that. I think we're going to see creators being able to run their own programs soon. Maybe a creator award program will be the next thing where there's going to be, you know, like Teen Choice Awards does a lot Mm -hmm. of creator focused stuff. Mm -hmm. But I really do believe that there's going to be a whole creator award program at some point. That's going to only feature digital creators. That's a good point. You bring up a good point there. I was looking up a stop. TV became invented as a crude experiment in the 1920s. So TV is about 100 years old, right? And it took off in the 50s and 60s. So you are right that a lot of these traditional celebrities and the VMAs and all of that type of stuff, they've had decades and decades and decades of time to build their place in the public imagination. They've had mm-hmm. time to build up their brands. And many of the creators that that are happening there now, we think that just because we've been in the business for a long time, it's everyone still relatively new. Even the biggest stars are still relatively new. You don't see a creator that's been doing it for more than 15 years. If you've been doing creation for more than 15 years, you're a grandpa or grandma. You you know what I mean? It doesn't happen, especially with more short form creators like the TikTok and all of those things. 
you had the invention of musically and everything, but the creators that are dominating the platform now have been doing it for less than two and a half years, two, maybe yeah. three. Exactly. Another issue with it is, yeah, there are some creators have been doing it for a decade, but the people who took it seriously before it was kind of like a joke. Like they almost looked at these creators as like a joke or whatever. But now people are starting to look at them and being like, whoa, let's take these people seriously. They're actually aggregating real audiences, real communities that these audiences are taking action. Let's start taking them seriously. What I have seen over the last few years is it's just starting to take this seriously. Let's start moving some of these marketing dollars over here. But it's crazy to think, Duke, that even though our life is involved around this whole thing, that we're still in the wild west days of social media. And you wouldn't think that because it's been around for over a decade. Right. I know. And it's like, I keep on having to remind myself when we look at opportunities and we look at development and we look at things about how early social media is. And then addition to that, how early the social media celebrity is, right? Mm -hmm. That is a relatively new phenomenon. The originator of what a social media celebrity would be, if you look at who has done it the longest, would probably be the Kardashians, like Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian things, where they explored it on Instagram. And you know who's done a really great transition from the old world into the new is is The Rock. I would argue that The Rock is a digital personality first that that fuels all his other ventures. But The Rock has been doing it now for 20 years, and the Kardashians been doing it for 20 years. And they started with old world things, right? The born on digital creator is a relatively recent phenomenon. And I keep on having to remind myself how early it is and how early the industry is. hundred percent. I wanted to tie this into it because this happened actually at the VMAs, but we're seeing a shift in digital media as a whole with, with not only creators, but just how content is done. And now we're going to start seeing digital assets being involved. We're going through a whole digital era shift right now. It's happening as we speak and regardless of how people feel about it or not, but we're in a new digital shift. Along with that, interesting enough, is like NFTs, Web3. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is (laughs) because... You haven't talked about NFTs <laughs> on the podcast in a long time. I can't yes. believe Kyle's like, I'm back. I'm sneaking it back in here. Go ahead. But I, Go ahead. I have bring to. It. I have bring to. it to the people. Bring it to Not the- only because I'm the Web3 guy on TikTok, but uh-huh. I have to because uh-huh. of the uh-huh. fact that this was a really cool moment. So Eminem and Snoop Dogg were at the VMAs performing. They did a little talk and they ended up, interesting enough, this was a, a, a really cool thing that happened, but... When they were on the couch and they were talking, they brought up NFTs and the two rappers morphed into Board Ape Yacht Club NFT avatars. And then they were transported into the metaverse for a psychedelic performance inside uh, the metaverse. That's cool. To me, that's showing where we're shifting. That's just a sneak peek. This is the, just the start of we're going to start seeing everything within the digital space is going to be increasing over the next decade. That's where I think traditional is just going to start declining and digital. It's here and it's going to boom really fast. And when you say digital, do you mean like mm-hmm. digital creators, the Web3, the what are you using as a catch-all phrase? What do you mean when you say digital? Yeah. So when I mean digital, I mean anything that you can create yourself on the internet, meaning less producing studios or cutting out a lot of middlemen where the digital world is going to be that you have control as a person like me, myself, I can create a whole production studio right now without anybody telling me that I can't because I have access to platforms that I can reach millions of people without having to buy or pay into these things or be a famous person that gets found. So I think there's going to be a lot more people that are going to be seen or found based off of their own methods of creating. And we're seeing that with music in general, just like the billboard charts are all 
wrapped around what's happening in the digital world uh, versus before traditionally it was like what stars are up and coming or who put in the most money to be recognized marketing wise. But now the entire billboard charts are run by digital like TikTok critters. World. It's all exactly. TikTok critters. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. TikTok critters have a major influence on music. I believe I read a stat at one point last summer, 70% of the songs in the Billboard Top 100 were powered by some type of TikTok trend. You know, it's interesting. The one thing I've been spending a lot of my professional time trying to think about this, it goes back to the conversation that we had with the opening stat of how there were 3.7 million people that tuned in live to watch the VMAs. And then at the same time, there was a large amount of social media buzz and more and more people doing that. And then you mentioned you do believe that the Teen Choice Awards right now is heavily creator-focused, but you believe that there'll be a board-on creator type of award show or whatever. But I think that's actually what's missing in the space. Aggregating a large amount of people to view something at one point is a really powerful, powerful thing. If you could create something and the more that that is created, it'll become even more powerful because it's really, really, really hard to do. Getting everybody to watch something at the same time where it used to be relatively easy. Right now, it's really, really hard to do. And whoever is doing that the best, and if you can create products that do that, that's very powerful. An example, the most powerful brand in TV actually is the NFL. 75% of the top viewed programs on television were NFL games, right? And the reason why that is powerful is not that it's on TV because the, the power of TV is diminishing. It's that each game, you're getting millions of people to watch each game live all at the same time where you could get your message out. And for example, Twitch is actually a powerful medium because it's predominantly consumed live. But the challenge that they are having is how do they get, you know, create a product or how they get 1 million people to watch something on Twitch all at the same time. Right. Yeah. I was able to do at one point, there were two things that happened on Twitch. One that I was not involved with, one that I was involved with. One was when I can't remember who Drake jumped in with, but Drake did a live stream. Someone was playing a video game and then Drake and a bunch of rappers and basketball players and everything jumped into the live stream. And that became the one of the most viewed live streams of all time with 500,000 people. Mm. And then in my past life, when I worked with YouTubers, we organized a live stream between a YouTuber called Hootie Pie, who was the largest YouTuber at the time, and Ninja, who was the largest Twitch stream at the time. Time. And that mm -hmm. live stream garnered three or 400,000 people at the time as well. But when you compare those numbers of people celebrating a live stream of three or 400,000 people versus mm -hmm. TV where they're not celebrating 3 million people, they're saying it's bad, but it's still a lot of people watching everything all at one point, one time. Totally. Do you think that there's a correlation between viewers not showing up all at one time because of the fact that before traditional media was like a FOMO, right? The fear of missing out of that show, of that live entertainment before restreams or anything like that. If you missed it, you missed it kind of thing. Or if somebody recorded it on VHS tape, that was the only way you could replay it. Mm -hmm. um, whereas nowadays, I think even with lives are traditionally kept online for people to view later. Do you think that there's a correlation where people are like, well, I could just watch it later because I'm yeah. busy? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's why the only thing that is protected by that is mm -hmm. sports. Not even live music, because you could watch live music performances and maybe, maybe award shows like the Grammys and the Oscars could make an argument. Mm -hmm. They can make an argument that they have the same thing as sports. Yeah, because sports, there is value in seeing something live, but that's why yeah. the best media product. 
and I don't even sell against it. I, I'm a big believer in creators. I'm a big believer in social media. That's where I invest all my time is the Super Bowl. Right. The Super Bowl attracts 100 million people watching it all at one time. We have a couple of creators that are doing some stuff with the World Cup. The World Cup, I think, is actually the most viewed global sporting event, but that's why it's so powerful and so valuable because if you don't see it live, yeah, you miss out. And that's the only fear of missing out, where in everything else, who cares? I I didn't watch the VMAs. That story that you told me about Stoop Dog and and Eminem going into that, I'm like, oh, that's dope. That's cool. I'm going to go watch it. But I didn't feel like I missed anything because I'm going to go watch it somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, you can still watch it today. Like you didn't miss anything really. I I don't feel like I missed it. I'm like, oh, it's more of as opposed to, oh, I missed that player or I missed this thing. It's more of, oh, that's interesting, Kyle. Let me go check it out and go Mm -hmm. see what's going on there. You know what I mean? I don't know, Kyle. So after all this, what are your final thoughts and what do you want to leave the people with here? Yeah, I just think that we're going to see an interesting shift over the next several years. It's happening now, but just people to keep a thought in their mind of how traditional media and how traditional media is decreasing in their own household. People who are listening right now, ask yourself, when's the last time you watched something on TV or when's the last time you took action on something that was more traditional based off of like a commercial or a billboard or something? And then ask yourself, have you taken action digitally? And if it's yes on that, like that's just clear indication of where we're going. And I think is a good example of what we're going to see in the future. Kyle? I love the way you close that off. That's the point of the day. That's the (laughs) point of the day. Listen, everyone, we love doing these episodes. Thank you for listening and subscribing to Tomorrow Today. We are going to come out with some more interesting things. Please subscribe. Please write a review. Please listen. We appreciate you. I'm Duke McKenzie. I'm Kyle Kaplanis. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Tomorrow Today podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow us on social media at Project Z Talent. That's P-R-J-T-Z Talent. And stay tuned next week for more of the Tomorrow Today podcast. Because shaping your tomorrow starts today.